healthy eating and healthy living. We are in our Ultimate Life series and part of living the ultimate life is living healthily. So today we're going to speak to health in our bodies. And it's such a timely message, especially for those of us who are experiencing a lockdown period here in Victoria, Australia. We're in our second lockdown, and I know that during the first one, there were plenty jokes floating around about adding on those COVID kilos. But, you know, staying home, being locked down, not having the normal lifestyles we're used to, we're in temptation of falling into some habits that might not be good for our health in the long run. Likewise, we also have the opportunity and the time to invest in ourselves like never before. So we are going to talk today about making some deliberate decisions to be our best selves, even during this time. Now, I bet like me, You might know someone or you might actually be that someone who's experienced some health challenges through their life. You know, for years I suffered with chronic illness and it was one of those times where my body was riddled with symptoms and nobody could tell me what was wrong. I could get symptomatic relief, but no one could get down to the core issues of why I was feeling the way I was. And it wasn't until about six years ago when I met some amazing healthcare professionals and they helped me learn that my body has been amazingly designed by God. It actually knows how to heal itself when I fuel and treat it properly. On top of that, they actually taught me that food is medicine. God has given us a rich amount of resource here on the earth that can help our bodies to heal and function the way he intended them for them to do. And so... To say that I overhauled my lifestyle and my eating and that of my family as well is a bit of an understatement, but it was necessary. And it's not something that's fixed in our life. It's an ever-evolving process. It's something that we're constantly learning and doing. We're learning to eat and live for the season of life we're in, for our lifestyle and for our budget as well. And it's something that you too can do. Now, Maybe some of my story relates to you, or maybe you know someone who's had a major health scare or a diagnosis of some kind, and because of that, they've had to change the way they live and the way that they eat. But imagine if, instead of being reactive, what if we actually planned for long, healthy futures? What if we made a choice for optimal health now and not when the doctor said, hey, the damage has been done, it's a little bit late? You know, I wonder if you know today that many of the chronic illnesses and diseases that we face are actually avoidable. (laughs) Um, Our modern world is crazy and, and it seems like there's more and more illnesses that just keep popping up, but they are actually avoidable through good lifestyle and good diet. And when I say diet today, I'm not talking about counting calories. I'm not talking about low fat this, low fat that. I'm talking about the food we eat and the way we nourish our body. So that's the term I'm using today when I say the word diet. But what happens when we eat poorly is that we create inflammation in our body inflammation leads to chronic illness and then it leads to diseases that we can actually avoid. On top of that, lack of moving our bodies. I mean, we are stuck at office jobs in front of computers. School kids, you're stuck in front of your computer and desk how many hours a day? We don't move the way they used to move many years ago. And so our bodies are poorer for it. Couple that with inflammation, guys, and we are a cooking time bomb if you like, but it doesn't have to be that way. We can make choices, we can make decisions, we can choose health even in the midst of our lifestyles. 
You know, when you start to look at health and Google health, it's a rabbit hole of information and you can be swayed and pulled in so many directions that you actually don't know what's right anymore. But I started to have a bit of a look on the Government Department of Health website because, you know, they're pretty reputable. And I was actually shocked by a few of the things I found out. More than 50% of Australians don't eat enough fruit and vegetables. And for me, I was like, well, well, what are we eating (laughs) if we're not eating the resources of our land? If we're not eating fresh, well, what are we eating? And, you know, on top of that statistic... They, they, they deemed that two-thirds of Australians classify as overweight at the moment. Now, that's not me name-shaming or calling anybody, and I'm not saying their standard of measurement is correct and it's the way I would agree, but they're identifying that we are unhealthy. They're saying there's something wrong with our lifestyle. There's something wrong with our food choices. You know, So take from that statistic what you will, but to me it was an alert. It was a, hey, we can do better than this. We want to be healthy. We want to be strong and we want to be around for the long haul. We have to be become responsible for all aspects of our being. It's not just enough to be a good person. It's not just enough to be a spiritual person. I want to be a long around long enough to be a good spiritual person. And we need to prioritize the quality of life that we have. We can actually minimize the risk of illness in our life because it is within our power to choose to do so. You know, one of the amazing things about those two statistics I just read out was that it wasn't depending on your age. It wasn't depending on your gender. It didn't even very much according to socioeconomic status, according to geography or job. Anybody can be, anybody these statistics can hit. And so it also means equally that anybody has the power to not be one of these statistics. You know, our physical bodies and the way we fuel them, it's more than just the food we eat and the exercise we do. It's the way we think. It's the way we think about ourselves, the way we think about what we eat, the way we think about our bodies. And you might recall, if you've been following us along for a few weeks, that I spoke on emotional health. And when I spoke on emotional health, I talked about I talked about the eat, uh, pardon me, I talked about the um, think, believe, act cycle. And that's what you can see here. How we feel affects how we act. And how we feel is affected by how we think. It starts in our minds. Even your food choices starts in where you think. What you think about your body, your health, your body image and food will impact your actions and reactions toward food, toward exercises, towards your choices. In that same message, I actually shared with you that the goal of emotional health should be wholeness, not happiness. And I want to propose to you today that that should be the very same goal for our physical bodies. The goal of physical health and the goal of eating well should be wholeness. Wholeness in my person, in my body, my soul, and my spirit. Healthy eating and healthy living is part of my wholeness. You know, this is what I love about Jesus. I mean, I love everything about Jesus, but this is what I love about Jesus. Jesus came to restore us. He came to redeem us, not just the spiritual part of you. God is interested in all of you, body, soul, and spirit. And he wants you to be the best you. He wants you to live well because you represent him here on the earth. Whether you know Jesus or not yet today, you embody your creator. You are the image of God here on the earth. 
And you can be the best image of God by choosing to be your best self, by walking towards wholeness, by choosing wholeness, body, soul, and spirit. You know, I'm not going to sit here today and tell you what to eat and what not to eat. (laughs) And I can hear a few of you breathing a sigh of relief. (laughs) Because you know what, guys? My normal and your normal are not going to be the same thing. What my body needs and your body needs are not going to be the same thing. You need to look at your own health, your own lifestyle, your budget. You need to talk to your GP, your health professionals, and you need to work out what you can do for you and your family. That's who you're responsible for. And, and I need to do the same with mine. So today, it's not about me telling you what to eat. I'm certainly going to give us a few hit, hints and tricks along the way. But today, it's about exploring being whole in our bodies. And it starts with what I eat and what I believe about what I eat. Wholeness in health starts with what I eat and my thoughts and my beliefs about food. So let's talk about our relationship with food. Food, glorious food. Have you ever wondered what informs your diet? Well, our culture informs our diet a lot more than we think. We're a drive-through society. We want it quick and we want it now. And that's usually at the compromise of health. Not only our culture in that sense, but our heritage. Now, I'm European. I'm Italian, so I'm allowed to say this. There's a sixth love language and it's called food. But let me tell you guys, that's a lie. Food is not love. Food does not equate love. But we buy into a lie of our culture that says, hey, the more I feed you, the more I love you. The more leftovers I can take you home with, the more I love you. Not just that, we go to food to get what we need that only God can give us. The comfort we need, the reassurance we need, the acceptance we need. Guys, it's only found in Jesus. It doesn't matter how many packets you get to the bottom of, you're still going to feel empty inside if you don't know who you really are. You are a child of God. You are loved by God. And he wants all of you today to be whole and healed. What else informs our diet? Well, doctors and health professionals, our upbringing. We actually don't ever question normal because normal's laid out for us before we can even talk. Our parents and our families We'll, we'll, we'll lay out the normal of what diet is for us and we'll grow up with a norm. We don't even realize sometimes that our norm isn't the best for us because it's what we've always done. And if we always do what we've always done, we'll only ever be who we've always been. I want to be a better me and I bet there's people out there today who want to be a better you as well. And we need to take responsibility for our health in these areas. What else informs our diet? Well, illness, past or present can. Our lifestyle and stress and the way we choose to manage those things. Our emotions, our past and our thinking. Food is such a subconscious choice. We actually don't really think about what we do. We just, um, it, it's, it's, I mean, for me, I get surprised that people don't invest the time in health and in reading labels. I mean, pre-COVID, a trip to the supermarket was like Disneyland for me. I loved perusing the aisles and reading the labels. That's just me. If there's anybody out there who is a label reader, chuck it in the comments because I need to know I am not alone. I am a compulsive label reader. And now that I've moved to online shopping, I read all those labels too. Not because I don't have a better use of my time, but because I want to know what I'm putting in my body. I want to know where it came from, who grew it, how did it get processed and what impact is it going to have on me when I put it in my mouth? 
You know, we don't usually ask this question, but we should. We should ask God what he says about healthy eating and healthy living because God has something to say if we are willing to listen. There's a few things I want us to realize today. God wants to help us in all aspects of our life. Living healthy in all areas is actually an honor and worship to God. Now, how do I know that? Well, Paul writes a letter to the Corinthians and he says this, whatever you eat, whatever you drink, whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. What you put in your mouth is worship to God if it's something that honors the vessel he gave you. What a thought. Who thought that your morning breakfast, that simple bit of fruit and yogurt is worship to Jesus? You know, our bodies are vital, guys. (laughs) We only get one. We only get one. And God values us so much that Paul actually tells us we are temples of God. You know that, that saying that flies around in our world, treat your body like a temple? Some fitness guru didn't come up with that. The Holy Spirit did. And Paul penned those words. We are temples of God. God chooses to put his mark on us. He chooses to put his presence inside us. I mean, the same way you would walk into a church and respect it, respect your body. Your body is a church. Your body inhabits the living presence of God. It's worth the work to make it beautiful. The other thing about God is he made our bodies to send us signs and signals We know when something's not working to plan because we don't feel great. He also made our body equally to thrive when we fuel it correctly and when we treat it well. God can help us on the road to healing where we need it. God has ideas about healthy living. We just need to ask them. Now, I'm going to talk a little bit more about Paul and Paul's writings today because Paul was like the practical one. He broke down spirituality, but he understood we were practical people and we needed the nuts and bolts on how to live. And Paul wrote from on everything from how to know Jesus, from what Jesus did when he was on the earth, to how to be a great leader, how to be a great dad, how to be a great kid. He wrote about sex. He wrote about leadership. He wrote about everything. And he wrote about food. We're going to have a look at some of his writings today. Now, we're going to find this in Romans chapter 12. So if you have an old school Bible, flick to it. But if not, I'm going to show you on the screen. And I just want you to understand Paul's frame of thinking before we get to these verses. He's just spent a couple of chapters explaining to everybody that God is a God of love. He is rich in mercy. He is rich in kindness. And God's invitation is for all. He wants people to know his love. Right after he says that, Paul cues us to have a response because when someone says, I love you, doesn't that evoke in you the want to respond? Whether it's a smile back, whether it's the words I love you back, whether it's a hug, it's something. Love evokes a response. So when you know about the love of God, it also evokes a response. And here's what Paul's doing. He's evoking a response. And we get to Romans 12 and he says this, beloved friends, What should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? I encourage you to surrender yourselves to God, to be his living sacrifices and live in holiness, experiencing all that delights his heart. For this becomes your genuine expression of worship. He then says, stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit 
through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. Now, you might look at that and go, hang on, preacher girl. That does not say one word about food. What are you talking about this morning? Well, what I love about God's word is that while it's black and white on a page, his spirit moves in and around his word and it reveals things to us if we are willing to look. And this is what the Holy Spirit revealed to me this week and I'm going to share it with you as we break down these two verses in Romans line by line. He starts by saying, and I'm going to read it again, Beloved friends, what should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? So he's been telling you God loves you, that he sent his son Jesus to close the gap that sin created between us and him. He sent Jesus to make a way for us to know our heavenly father. So he's saying, how are you going to respond? And Paul makes the right suggestion. He says, I encourage you, surrender yourselves to God to be his sacred living sacrifices. How do we become living sacrifices? Well, quite simply, it's choosing to live in surrender to God. God is not kidding when he says he wants all of us. He wants body, soul, and spirit. He did not just come to redeem our spirit. He came to redeem all of us. I don't know about you, but before I met Jesus, I was a pretty broken person. But even after I met Jesus, there was still the impact of sin and choices in my life that needed his grace, that needed him to come and put me back together. And I don't know about you, but I'm a work in progress. God is still putting me back together. And that's the story he writes in my life by his marvelous grace. And that's the story he writes in your life when you choose to be a living sacrifice. He puts back the pieces of your life. And that includes your body, health that might have been robbed or stolen, diagnosis that might have taken things from you. God is a redeemer today. He's a restorer. And as we surrender our lives, he will give those things to us. The other thing about surrender is that I started to realize this. If we're not living in a position of surrender, and and when I say this, I don't mean you don't love Jesus. And when I say this, I don't mean you're not walking with God. But sometimes there can be areas of our lives we don't even realize we haven't asked him to come into. There could be situations, there could be things in our heart that maybe we've actually chosen to keep hidden because it's too painful to deal with. Or God can't help me with that. Or I don't have enough faith to believe for that. But Where we lack surrender, we're going to lack health. This could be in our body, soul, or spirit. So Paul is urging us, and and I'm even encouraging us today, health is worth the surrender. It is worth letting Jesus in, whether it is in your food choices, whether it is in your emotions, whether it is in your thinking. Health is worth the surrender today. So if we're lacking health in an area of our being, body, soul, or spirit, it's like an alert to say, hey, Just check your surrender. Have you let Jesus in? Have you asked Jesus in? So let me break it down in a super practical way for you. I'm going to ask you a few questions and you don't have to answer out loud, but just think about these in your mind. Am I overweight? Am I underweight? Do I cause myself physical harm, maybe in the way of pain or neglect? Do I over-medicate? Do I over-caffeinate? Do I binge eat? Do I stress eat? 
Am I an emotional eater? Am I so into my eating that I can't stop even when I tell myself to? Do I use food as a reward system? Do I attach punishment or guilt or shame to foods? Do I listen to my body and what it's telling me? Now, I ask you these questions today because when we start to answer yes to them, it's not to name and shame us. It is to alert us to an area where we can surrender to Jesus in our health. It is an area where we can ask him to come in and make us whole. It can show us perhaps an unhealthy thought pattern that's leading to the wrong choices and that we don't want to be unhealthy. So, so these are alert questions today. And through the Bible, God's very clear where to master and rule our own bodies. He wants us to practice self-control. He actually puts overeating and binging and gluttony in a sin bucket. He actually says, guys, these things are super not good for you. And why? Because we make food our idol instead of God. We give food the place God should have in our life. If I am binge eating to fill a void, only Jesus is going to fill that void. If I'm trying to get attention, I only need an audience of one. If I am trying to douse my pain in alcohol and food, guys, it's only going to be temporary. Jesus is the one that comes in and makes us whole. Likewise, if we're neglecting our bodies and depriving our bodies of what we need, then we are not looking after the temple he's given us. Where in our thinking do we need to go, hey, I need to adjust this and see myself the way God sees me. I am worth the self-love. I am worth the self-care. He made me beautiful and I will nourish the temple he's given me. Deep down, we know that neither of these extremes are not good. You know, it's not healthy if I'm binging and it's not healthy if I'm depriving. And if you answered yes to any of these questions, I encourage you, don't stop there. Don't stop at yes. Ask yourself, why? Why do I do this? And then say, now, how can I reframe? How can I reframe my thoughts to think God thoughts in this area of my life? And then you'll be able to start to move forward because God can come in and change your thoughts by the renewing of our minds. Then we jump into part two of verse one. And Paul says this. Oh, let's look at me jumping ahead of my notes. That's the Italian in me. Okay. He says, live in holiness, experiencing all that delights his heart, God's heart. But this becomes your genuine expression of worship. I want to focus in on the word living here. God wants you living. He wants you living your best life. He wants you to be an amazing representation of him on the earth. And this is not about an ideal body type. It is not about a size and it is not about uniformity. This is about vitality. This is about being healthy on the inside. This is about representing God in such a way that it looks like peace. It looks like discipline. It looks like strength. It looks like health. We want to live in holiness. Now, let me take the mystery out of this word. It simply means live in God-likeness. Our default is to attribute to God all areas of spirituality, and we forget he's a practical God. What would our lives look like if we didn't just ask, what would Jesus do when my neighbor upsets me? But what if we asked, what would Jesus do in relation to health and lifestyle habits? So what would Jesus eat, guys? What would he eat? What does the Bible tell us about Jesus and what he ate? And how can we look at history and learn from biblical times and what their diet was like? Well, Jesus ate fresh and seasonal. 
They had sustainable organic farming. They didn't spray their stuff with pesticides. And they ate what was fresh and in season. There wasn't a refrigerator. There wasn't a big freezer container coming from the other side of the world to deliver them fruit that wasn't in season. It was fresh and in season. They were connected to their food because they helped to grow it and harvest it. How else did Jesus eat? There weren't any preservatives in his food. Jesus wasn't eating from a packet. Jesus did lots of walking. He walked everywhere he went. Now, I certainly don't walk everywhere I went. I'm very thankful for my car. But Jesus did a heck of a lot more exercise than any of us did. Jesus also understood fasting. The Bible talks about him having mastery over his body because he was led by the Spirit to fast. He invited the Holy Spirit in to help him master his body. Jesus also ate when he was hungry. The Bible talks about Jesus being hungry. It also talks about him recognizing hunger in other people, like when they were sitting on a hill listening to him preach for three days. These people didn't eat for three days, and I dare say Jesus didn't either because it would have looked really strange if the guy preaching was eating, but they weren't. So they would go without food for periods of time, and they would learn to savor and enjoy what they did eat when they did eat. What we also know about the times of Jesus is that he was an early riser. The Bible references as that many times. So he had his quiet time with God usually, and then he would have breakfast, break the fast, and that would be a sustaining meal because he had stuff to do that day. Now, it wasn't a three-course meal, and it certainly wasn't some hot cakes and a hash brown, but Jesus ate to sustain and fuel his day. Now, that's a mindset we can take on. How can I sustain and fuel myself for the day ahead? Now, here's something different that Jesus did that we don't do often enough in our modern day. They lingered over lunch. Lunch was the most important meal of the day. It was a social experience and they sat and took time together. Now, I know that that is not always highly practical in the society we live in. So if your weekends allow it, linger over lunch. Now that you are a little bit more home, maybe you can linger over lunch. But Jesus certainly didn't have a sandwich in front of the computer or while he was running out to do an errand. Do you know that the way we eat impacts our body's ability to absorb the nutrients we're putting in? If you are on the go while you eat, You're actually not doing anything nutritious for your body. I don't care if you're eating a pile of kale or not. You will not absorb any nutrients from that if you are not sitting and relaxing and chewing and swallowing before you take the next bite. Now, I am probably getting under some people's skin, but guys, you are valuable. And it's worth me saying this to you because I want you around for a long time. Stop, eat, enjoy your food. If you have children at home, Eat with them because they will learn to linger over lunch. They will learn to stop and enjoy their food. There is too much rush in our society. And if lockdown has taught us anything, it's that things don't always have to be the way they always were. We have the power to choose by learning from Jesus. The other thing I love about Jesus is that, and I read this in a few blogs that I read about Jesus this week, His lifestyle was a walk and wine theory, not a walk and dine theory. He didn't have a feast and then just sit there and indulge into the night. 
but they used to enjoy all their foods and then they would get going to the next place. And dinner wasn't an elaborate thing like we make it today. It wasn't a heavy meal that we sit there afterwards and just want to doze and go to sleep. It was a lighter meal that that allowed their digestion to have a break overnight. And that's why he could wake up early and be refreshed. So let's learn a few things from Jesus today. Now, then he says this bit here, I'm going to go back. It's our genuine expression of worship. So that's what I was talking about earlier. Worship is more than your song. It's more than reading your Bible. It's more than a journal note. Worship is the way you fuel your body and you look after it. God wants that of us because he wants us to be our best us. So we're going to hit verse 2 of Romans 12. And Paul says, Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you. Be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will for your life as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. Paul's really clear. He's saying, challenge the status quo. Don't go along with it. Whatever they say is normal, question it. Why? He's saying, because the Holy Spirit has a better plan for you. There are a bazillion fad diets out there. Everybody has an opinion on how you should eat and how you should exercise. That's why it's a multi-million dollar industry. And it's going to keep changing so we can keep paying. But here's what I want to encourage you. Challenge everything you get told. Question it. And I'm not saying be rude about it, but question it in relation to what is right for me, what is right for my body, what is right for my family, and get the Holy Spirit's perspective. Ask him for his help in your health because he's willing. He wants to help. He wants you to be your best you because he's living inside you. We need to get new beliefs about who we are in Christ because these are going to inform our food choices and the way we choose to live our lives. We are beautiful beings and we need to dare to believe that God is who he says he is. When he says he will transform us, he will give us the power and the ability to make changes by the renewing of our mind. But it starts with surrender. Now, I'm not a doctor today. Shock horror, huh? (laughs) But I understand firsthand the way that illness can impede your life and the way that your thought life can impact your believing. So here's what I want to leave you with today. Question. Question your health. Question your food choices. Ask, why do I eat this? Why do I do this? Why do I think this? Get to the bottom of your why and then ask, how can I reframe this to be a healthier version of me? Get informed. Read about health. Talk to people that you think, gee, they're pretty healthy. I'm going to talk to them and ask them some questions. But above the getting to know and being empowered by knowledge, Don't forget to ask the Holy Spirit for discernment. Invite him in. Ask him for his discernment. Ask what is right for me. Talk to health professionals. Learn from the example of Jesus. Eat fresh and eat seasonal and walk, walk, walk. And as I said, get the Holy Spirit's help. In relation to health, I believe the Holy Spirit is an expert and he'll help you unlock areas in your thinking and in your believing, in your emotions and in your past. We sometimes don't even know why we do what we do, but he does. And he's so good to come alongside us and walk with us. That's the invitation of God through the Ultimate Life series. That's the invitation he's been extending to us all year. Come walk with me. He wants to walk with us through our health and he wants to walk us through to wholeness. So as I said at the start, our goal in health should be wholeness, not the ideal weight, not the ideal size or shape, 
wholeness, being whole in my body. And I think that particularly at this time, we can never underestimate doing these few things to be optimal in our health and our immune systems. Drink water, water, lots of water, lots of water. Get a drink bottle, refill it and refill it. Do something to remind yourself, keep yourself hydrated, drink water. Get enough sleep. I don't care how good that Netflix series is. You do not need to watch 10 episodes back to back in a row at night. Get to bed at a good time because you are going to feel so much better getting up in the morning at a good time. Eat fresh and eat seasonal. Take your cues from Jesus. Where your diet lacks or where your body needs support, look at getting supplementation. I promise you will not be sad at the investment that makes in your body. Get sunshine. We need at least 20 minutes every day. Now, there are very few pockets far and few between in an Australian winter, but get out there. Wherever you see the sun, even if it is go to your gardening, go read that book, take your office outside, get the sun wherever you can. And that is get the sun, Jesus, wherever you can too, huh? And movement, move your body. Whether it's a brain break and you go walk around the house five times, whether it is putting that mask on and doing a few laps of your block, do something, get your body moving. We are not designed to stay still. We're designed to move because in him we live, we move and we have our being. We covered a lot of ground this morning. Living our ultimate life is more than just about our spirit. It's about our soul and our body too. And your body is made and designed by a living God who loves you. Now, I'm going to hand it over to Sam who's going to sing a, sing a song at the moment. And just have a think. Have a think about all those things. Have a think about what wholeness is for you. What is the next step in wholeness? And as you reflect on that, I'll be up on the stage in a few moments just to join with you and pray with you as you head into your next week in the ultimate life.